0: Okay, Parsha's Truma, Vayikchuli Truma. So the Ramban has a beautiful introduction to Truma. Because if you're entering into the world of the Mishkan, you got to know what's, you have to know what's going on. We have to know what the point of the Mishkan is. There are 96 psukim, by the way, in this week's Parsha. We always like to announce that. Okay, you'll think about the significance of the number 96. But there are 96 psukim in, uh, as it says here, Va Vayikchuli Truma. Okay?
1: 96.
0: How does the parsha begin? Again, we've concluded, in a sense, the Harsinai experience, the end of parsha's mishpaktim takes us back to Harsinai. And now Hashem turns to Moshe to tell B'nai Yisrael, Hashem Yisrael, Truma Asher Libo, Everyone should give a donation. And what are we going to do with all of these donations? Now, after we collect all of these donations, and it lists all the, the various things that one is As- welcome li to. Va'asu Va'asu mikdash v'shachanti basocham. Va'asu they shall make for me a mikdash, a sanctuary, a dwelling place, v'shachanti so that I can dwell among them. Okay, that's the goal. Rashi says, Va'asu me Make a house of holiness. Okay. So let's read the Ramban's introduction to Parsha Shruma. It starts from the very beginning. Kaashir Dibra Hashem. Everyone with me? Yeah? You have it? Kaashir Dibra Hashem. Okay. Kaashir Dibra Hashem in Yisrael ponim aser So, again, the implied question that the Ramban wants to address is, well, how did we get to the Mishkan all of a sudden? We were at Har Sinai, and now all of a sudden we're focusing on building a house for Hashem. So why is that the obvious aftermath of of, uh, of the Harsinah experience. So, after Hashem spoke to us face-to-face and relayed to us the Asaras Divros now again, there are different shitos as to how much we actually heard from Hashem. The Gemara told us that we heard the first two from Hashem, and then B'nai Yisrael panicked and said, Moshe, you take over, and that's why Torah, Tziva, Lanu, Moshe, Torah is 6.11, we heard the first two from God. The next 6.11, Torah, we heard from Moshe. Others say, no, we heard all 10 from Hashem. Maybe we heard them all in one blast, and then we heard them one by one. Okay, different opinions, but Ramban here, interestingly, writes, after we had heard, panem b'panem, after we heard face-to-face from Hashem, the Yasser Sedebrus, v'tziva osam al-yedei Moshe ktsas mitzvos, and like we see at the end of Parsha's Mishpatim, there's some additional mitzvos that Hashem is beginning to convey through Moshe Rabbeinu. Shehem avos shel Torah, that these initial mitzvos, and again the mitzvos, the, the the establishment of the bris, of the relationship, all that's taking place at the very end of last week's parsha, right, serves as those those mitzvos serve as avos to the Torah. Avos means what? They're the archetypes. They're the framework upon which all the other mitzvos will be plugged in. So the Ramban's giving us like a step by step. First Hashem spoke to us and he told us his big tap. And then he told Moshe Rabbeinu certain other mitzvahs to kind of establish the relationship, as we'll see. Exactly like the Gemara says we're supposed to do when a person comes to convert to Judaism and you want to see if the person's serious, so what do you do? So you introduce him to mixtas mitzvahs. So you give him a couple of mitzvahs, a framework that he should understand how this works. So when we became Jewish, when we were converting to Judaism at our Sinai, Hashem also gave us a couple of mitzvahs to start getting warmed up. And furthermore, the Jewish people accepted upon themselves to follow whatever commands will be given through Moshe. That's a big deal. Think about that. Right? In a, in a very public acceptance of Moshe Rabbeinu. I mean, how do we know that Moshe is telling us the truth? When Moshe comes, and says, oh, God told me to tell you this. How do we know?
1: Right?
0: One of, our, one of our critiques of other false religions is that their leaders claim to have private conversations with God. So so does Moshe. Let's not be naive about that. The difference is that Moshe was appointed by Hashem in the presence of all of Klai Yisrael. Right? So yes, a Kodesh Baruch was not going to talk to everyone every time. Right? But of Moshe Avdo, there was an acceptance of Moshe as, as, uh, as the Shliach of Hashem. Okay, but first we heard from Hashem directly, and then we got particular mitzvos, and we accepted Moshe as the the transmitter of Torah. bris al and we sealed the covenant, bringing carbonos and sprinkling the blood, all that stuff at the very end of last week's parsha. So now, so now we're Jews. So what do Jews do? Now we're Jewish. Me'ata lo laam. Now we have become Hashem's official people. lahem now we've made an exclusive relationship. We are his people, he is our God. As Hashem made us that offer initially, namely, If you listen to my voice, and you accept the covenant, then then you'll be one of a kind. You will be one of a kind. We'll have this unique relationship. Not by chance however, that we, that we read this, the 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 completion, the formation of this covenant. It's not by chance that we read it today on Rosh Chodesh Adar. Yishechlas right. Marben The biggest simcha of a Jew is the most important thing I'm going to tell you today, except for the other Rambam, which is really important. But the most important thing I can tell you today is that when a Jew wakes up in the morning and he says Baruch Ata Hashem Alukenu Melech Haolam, you thank Hakadosh Baruch Hu sanigai. What's the kavanah in Shalawasani Gai? What's the kavana? Thank you, Hashem, for not making me one of the nations of the world. Is it because we hate everyone in the world that's so terrible? Not everyone in the world is so terrible. There's some decent human beings in the world. Some big Rasham also. What do I say? What's the kavana of Shaloha So the say that the kavana of Shaloha is that a Jew is supposed to think, I would rather be the schleppiest, the schleppiest, most, you know, unsuccessful in every way Jew I'd rather be the lowest Jew in the world than the most chashev, distinguished, recognized, successful guy. And recognize you could do whichever version you want. You could do the, like the LeBron James version of it. You could do, I don't know, President of the United States of America version of it. You could do the Elon Musk, super successful businessman version of it. You could do top, I don't know, non-Jewish uh, neurosurgeon at uh, Columbia. I don't know. Which, whatever, whatever version of chashev you want to do, and obviously, some of those are more chashiv than others, right? But whatever, whatever you know, whatever would be considered the most chashiv person of the Ummah Sa'olam, Bilam harasha, you have to say to yourself, I'd rather be a schleppy water carrier, a shlomiel and a shlamazel who has no success in this world, who's, who's like a, a bum of a Jew. I'd ra- guy. Thank you, Hashem, I'd rather be that than be the most successful non-Jew in the world. Why? Why should that be? The answer is this pasuk. Hashem says, because you're my segula. However, three times in the Torah, we find the phrase. We find the following phrase. It says about the Jewish people, we are segula. It's called the down above. Segula. Mikol. Haamin. What's a segula? What's a segula? How do people use the word segula? What's a segula? It's a segula, right? not It's not based on anything logical. It's a segula. If you light a candle in this forest and on Moshiach Shabbos, you'll be at Yom right? A segula to find your shidduch is to do twenty-five jumping jacks, and uh, while standing on your head. Yeah? Segulas are. I'm not making fun of segulas. Some of them, some of them should be made fun of, but some of them are. You know, there's a mesorah. This is a segula for this. If it comes from real tzaddik, then then it's a real thing, right? But it's an undefinable thing, it's not natural. Segula means something that's totally not natural, that can't be defined. So when the Torah calls us in three places, Segula mikol ha'amim, what does that mean? It means that you can't explain why every Jew is the best. It's hard to explain that. But we have to believe, in some way that transcends logic, it's a Segula, that the Jewish people are the, are the best. Now again, that's not bragging rights, that's responsibility. Right? But when we say a bracha on it every day, we don't usually say a bracha. So if you're not sure that it's an incredible schus to be a Jew, then maybe you shouldn't say that bracha. Don't, isn't that a suffix? A Jew says, thank you Hashem, shalom, sanigai. I'm so happy to be a Jew. For all the suffering of the Jewish people, and for all the challenges of living a life of Torah and mitzvot, and all the... $37 a pound for shmurah matzah. After all of that, I'd rather be a yid. And that should fill a Jew with the biggest simcha in the world. So before I take your comment, what's the gematio of Segula Mikola Amin? I'm sorry, it's all there. I can't help myself. What's Segula Mikola Amr? Segula is how much? 98. How much is Mikol? 40, 20, 30 is how much? It's 90. Let's see if this go through it. A'amiv is 70 plus 80 is 150, 160,
1: 165.
0: How do we know when we're supposed to use a regular man and we always start regular? We, we always start with uh 353. 353? <laughs> 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 What's the simch of Adar? Why are we reading the parsh of <laughs> On the on the day we enter into Adar. Because we're filled we're filled with an incredible simcha of what? Hashem, you chose me. No? Like the story Yossi told the other night, for those who were by the Fabrangan. Right? With all my with all my Hashem, you chose me at the end of the day. Sugul Mikulam. So Sugul Mikulam is much your simcha. 353. Mishinepha's other marv simcha. Because when a Jew realize that for some crazy reason Hashem says, I want you to build me a house. I'm gonna build you a house. You built the whole world. I'm gonna build you Vasuli mikdash. They should make me a mikdash. We're going to, Well, I'm going to donate? What am I going to donate? Shoham stones? Aquamarine? Purple and scarlet wool? That's what I'm going to donate to build you a house? You built the whole world. You built my brain. You built my heart. You built my liver. You built my kidneys. What What do you want? I'm going to now make a, a place. I'm going to make a base kedusha for you. Hashem, you are the source of kedusha. ki I'm going to build a base kedusha. Rashi says. I'm supposed to make that for you. And the answer is, okay, Baruch Hashem, that's the schis. But a Jew has to feel, and that's why on Purim, when a Jew is drunk, Isaac Held reminded me, everyone knows Isaac Held? You know Isaac Held? Isaac Held reminded me the other day, he said, he sent a vart, that apparently we said in Shira a number of years ago, he said that the Gemara says in sachim that Hashem hates three people. There's three people who Hashem does not like, and one of them is a drunk. So why do we drink on Purim? To say, to teach that even when I, when I do something that Hashem hates, he still loves me. That's called Segula. Why? How can you do something that someone hates and they still love you? That's not logical. It's a Segula.
1: Right?
0: So that's what, the, that's what the Ramban is saying. I'll take your comment in one second. Now that we signed up, we did our part. We stood at the mountain, we spoke post, face-to-face, heard the Aseris Adibros, accepted a number of mitzvahs, like a Ger who's converting. He's introduced to a number of mitzvahs. We accepted Moshe Rabbeinu. We sealed the covenant we brought carbonos, we sprinkled the blood and the last week's parasha. so now we've become Hashem's people, He's become our God, and it's a fulfillment of what? V'yisem li It's a fulfillment now, from this point forward, again, it was a business deal until now, but after, after the deal is complete, now Hashem says, I love you in a way that transcends any, any transactional relationship. Until now, we have to negotiate the terms. Moshe goes up the mountain, Moshe comes back, tells G'day here's what God said, go tell, go tell Hashem, here's our response. All right, Moshe is Moshe. Like we were yesterday, about <laughs> the playing the middleman. He's playing the the shadchan. But now that you're married, now that you're married, you're married. Now you have an exclusive relationship. Okay, Moshe Eli Melech. This like state of
1: like, like It's like it's given. It's, like, it's, so, it's, it's like, a given. Yeah. Why? What, what
0: if it's a Jew? Really it's
1: like he's being Jewish and. and you
0: know, can, the be, only way he can convert to, to another religion? The only way he can get out.
1: I mean, think let's, let's, let's say going to this day age, like, a lot of Jews are like you
0: hate the idea of God and being a part of this they're stuck. Too bad.
1: Yeah, No
0: there's one way out, I'll tell you there's one way out. I have to finish this statement, because 'cause I'm saying something that's not, not true right now, so I have to finish this statement. There's only one way out of there's only one way to get out of Judaism. How do you get into Judaism? How do you convert to Judaism? Mm, yeah. You have to what? Mikvah. Go to the Mikvah, get a bris,
1: yeah. and? Accept?
0: Accept, yeah. not just except yeah. all the mitzvahs. All yeah. the mitzvos. You to accept all of the mitzvahs. Let's say a person says, I accept everything minus shotness. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I have to wear a linen in the wool, but I'm, I really want to be a Jew. No deal. It's a weird tie, It's a weird yeah. <laughs> right? a, person says, I, <laughs> a person says, I accept everything minus taking a lulav on, on sukkahs. I'll do everything else. No go. Right?
1: So
0: the way, so only way to convert to Judaism is a person so has to say, right? the person has to say that I accept the entirety of the Torah, I without any exceptions. Branches. I accept the entirety of, right? A person, a person says I accept 98% of mitzvot, 99% of mitzvot. It's no go. That's the rules for conversion. You have to be fully committed. Okay, so we believe in converting to Christianity and Islam as long as you can be 100%. What's the problem? Or what's the, Baruch Hashem, not the problem? What's the solution? A Jew can kick and scream as loud as he wants. I'm 100% committed to Islam. You know what we'll say to him? No, you're not. Because there's a point inside of you, right? Called what? Give me a little, give me a little, what's it called? The pintal Yid. Yid. Good, give me a Mzachiz Gitin way of saying the same thing.
1: <laughs> okay. Rosani.
0: I want to do what's right. There's a part of you that can't be scrubbed clean. So, we say to someone, you want to convert to another religion, same rules as converting to our religion. You have to be 100%. So the guy says, I am. You say, no, you're not. Oh, but I have
1: conversion part. You can't,
0: you can't. Yeah, it's you're like, it's stay, like, you can't. You got a tattoo. You got a tattoo at our scene called Anochi Hashem Elokecha. You can't get out of that.
1: Um, I say, let's say someone, let's say you have someone, and I have a friend who does incredible good world, right? As opposed to the big in Russia, who was born Jewish, who was big like, it seems a little counterintuitive. I guess, yeah, it does
0: seem counterintuitive. I mean, no, but
1: like, it, it, it does feel like... And I'm not like, giving
0: a path to that person to live a wicked life. God forbid.
1: Yeah,
0: and I'm not, I'm not showing a lack of a carcetov to the, to the righteous Gentile who's doing the incredible things in the world. Right? At the end of the day, now, it's unfortunate, the Jew has this treasure that, it's a segula, it's a treasure. He doesn't realize he has a treasure. And, and he'll have to answer for wasting all of that potential. Right? But whatever that treasure is, that indescribable treasure, is more valuable, the etzem, and its essence, than anything that, that someone else is going to accomplish. Right? But this guy needs to do tshuva. He needs to come back to to himself, 100%. But that's, but that's the brachav of, of, you know, Shalom HaSani guy. Again, it's only a starting point, right? So you say, we don't say the brachav shah Shalom Yisrael, because you have to make yourself into Yisrael. Shem said, "I made you not a guy, but you have to now. You have to do your part. You have to do your part. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, Rabbi Jonah.
2: Are there some gerim who, like, they're retroactively rendered not Jewish? If they don't
0: right. So that's a very forth. delicate halachic suya. We're not going to go into right now. What happens if a person converts and then they practice Judaism for I don't know two years and then they lose interest? Alright, So can they? Would we say they were never really serious? You know." Afkino, right? Would we say that they're retroactively they were never serious, or would we say no? Now they're Jewish, and now, unfortunately, they can't get out of it because you can't get out of your Judaism. So that's an interesting and, and sometimes very painful question. Right? Or what if we know the person? What if a person converts and we know they're not—they're not—you know—they'll say they're 100% committed, but we know they're not going to follow everything. So how would we deal with such a convert? Okay, these are very weighty questions.
1: We don't, we don't expect the convert. Be a that follows everything. Yeah, we don't
0: take the person to be perfect,
1: right. but
0: there, is there a willingness to accept the, the the system of all? I mean, I do a very also so, do you. so we all we all have our imperfections, right? But I don't I don't live with a belief that the things that I do wrong are they don't matter. They
1: matter. But we also
0: don't. If I didn't take a lulav, I'm still Jewish. Okay. The same but for us. We don't need
1: like we don't need we tact, we technically
0: don't need to believe. Is to be Jewish, meaning we were born Jewish. So Correct. Nothing that even if we think that none of it's true, then we're still Jewish. I meaning, but for the convert, only a, in that buy, initial st- there's yeah, a, there's, there's a fine
1: thing that they have to believe in. Right to buy in, buy the initial thing. Mm-hmm. But that's just at that at that moment, that's what they have to believe. But then afterwards, yeah, then they're, they're Jew,
0: and then they they live with the ups and downs of all. Regular Jews and regular people, yeah. Okay, so that's that's the va'isemli segula. The amar va'atem to you, mamleches kohen v'goy kadosh. Right. Again, Hashem made us an offer, and once we accepted the terms, we became His goy kadosh. V'hineh, look at these words. V'hineh heim kadoshim. Now that we're officially stamped with kedusha, shia behem mikdash. So now it makes sense, now that we're a Goy Kadosh, now we're a Mamleches Kohanam, now that we're all priests, so now we can all build the temple. We can all build the Mikdash. It makes sense, since we are Kadosh, we should have a place, a Mikdash, Lahashroz Shechinoso Now we're worthy of what? Again, we have an exclusive relationship with Hashem. It makes sense now that Hashem should always be in our midst. So what happens when Harsinai is over? Is basically what the Ramban is, is setting us up for. What is the Mishkan? He's going to say it very explicitly in a second. But however, what the Mishkan is, is the continuation of Harsinai. In other words, when Hashem, so to speak, left Harsinai, well, uh, hold on a second, we were so, we were so close at Harsinai, we want, we want to forever be with you, Hashem. Now, of course, the real goal is that the place of, the place of like we learned last week in the Purim Shir, the place of Ashuras Hashinah is really the Shachanti bisocham to dwell within them not within it, not within the building like the al the HaKadoshes right, but now that we've been stamped as Kedoshim, so it makes sense to have a base mishkan. so that's why, right after our Sinai it makes sense, now that we've officially become the Am Kadosh the Gai Kadosh, so now it makes sense that we should talk about the Mishkan to have a place in our midst that is sanctified, that is holy to his name, for his name in the same way that in Harsinai Hashem was giving over directives, mitzvos, communicated, passed down to us through Moshe, some of them directly. So, so too, the Mishkan would be a place right, where the voice of Hashem would, would emanate into the world. In the Parsha, we're going to go through the various halim of the Mishkan. What's the most important Kli in the Mishkan? So part of you should reject that question And say, we don't do that We don't pick most important Everything is most important But of course, sometimes you got to pick What's the first thing it's going to talk about? The Aron Says the Ramban, yes, the Aron Of course the Aron The Aron that's going to house the Luchos The primary, most desirable part of the Mishkan Is the Mako Menuchas haaron. The place where the Shekina resides Is what? It's by the Aaron. The voice of Hashem speaks, communicates from on the Kapores. Kapores is the, the cover. The cover of the Aaron. And therefore, the first thing, the Hiktim, the first thing that it speaks about is the Aaron and its cover. Why? Because they're muktam bemaila. Because they're the first in terms of importance, in terms of practically building the Mishkan, the Ramban says in two lines. From now, we're not actually going to build the Aaron necessarily first, but in terms of describing what the Mishkan is about, it's about it's about the voice of God, it's about the Dvar Hashem. V'samach la'Aron has Shulchan v'ha-Menorah and next to the Aron it talks about the Shulchan which will hold the Lechem upon him, the Menora, Shehem Kelem Kamo, because they are vessels like it. In other words, the lechem uponim of the shulchan and the menorah are also going to be vessels of hashros, hashchina, the presence of Hashem. Right? And take the gemara in Shabbos Daf base. The gemara says, why do we have a menorah in the base of mikdash? We have a, Hashem keeps the lights on in the sky. Why do we need a little menorah in the base of mikdash? Hashem is the source of all light. Why do we need a menorah in the base of mikdash? So the says, Shabbos da'af is to teach us that the Shekhinah is among us. So you see the Menorah is also a place of Hashra's hashrina. Okay. So the Aron is first and foremost, it's primary, that's the place where Hashem's presence is, I guess, most found, so to speak, and the place where Hashem communicates. Then you have the Shulchan, the fresh bread from week to week. That also shows that it's in the presence of Hashem. Says by the Shulchan, the Fanai Tamir, always in the presence of Hashem. Then the menorah is also speaking to the point of Asherah Sashkina. Okay, so each one of these things is, is introducing us to the presence of Hashem in our life. The Yoru al Inyin ha Mishkan, each one of them teaches the Inyin of the Mishkan, Shabbat right? Nasa. Each one declares the purpose of the Mishkan, which is, again, feeling Hashem's presence in our midst. But later on in Vayakil when Moshe actually is talking about the construction of the Mishkan, so Moshe focuses on the building and its curtains and its covers first. And that's in fact what B'etzalel did. As per the discussion in Brachos what do you build first? You build the kalim and then you build the house? What do you do first when you get married? First you get an apartment and then you go to Bed Bath & Beyond. going to start buying stuff you have nowhere to put it. First, you make a house, and then you put, then you get the stuff. And so, the Gemara has an interesting machlokus about that. A conversation between Moshe Rabbeinu and Betzalel. In the end, again, Betzalel does it this way. He builds the house first as a mishkan, as That's what Betzalel actually does. roy Because practically, when it comes to the maaseh, it makes sense to first what to first build the structure and then make the kalim, right? Okay? It was a machokas initially in terms of what they should do. And if you want to understand, what would be the swara to first have the kalim before you build the house? So Ayin Torah from Amitai's days when Rav Weinberger gave a sikhos masr on it. Oh, what would be the idea of making kalim before do you make a kalim? Who does that? What type of person buys all the stuff he doesn't know where to put it? Okay, so Rav Weinberger has a good schmooze on that topic. Okay, fine. Says the Ramban. Okay, here's the famous line. The secret of the Mishkan is The same way that Hashem was revealed at Harsinai, the presence of Hashem was Shikhen. Shichen means it dwelled. The same way that Hashem was dwelling openly, the kavod Hashem, the kavod means the presence of Hashem, was dwelling openly at Harsinai, so too it will continue to dwell among us, istar, a little bit more concealed hidden in the Mishkan. Again, there's places where Kohanim can go, there's places where the Kohen Gadol can go, only on Yom Kippur, so it's a little more concealed, but it's there. So that's what the Mishkan is. Again, if someone stops you in the street today and says, Parashas Truma, give me a var," You say, the Ramban explains that the whole purpose of the Mishkan was to be what? A transportable Sinai experience. To take the Hashruah Sashchin of Harsinai and to take it with you. That's an amazing thing. Just like by Harsinai it says, in the presence of Hashem was dwelling on Harsinai, And just like it says that what Hashem revealed to us, His kavod and His grandeur, His, His glory and His greatness, so too by the Mishkan. It says the same thing. It says the same and it says, what? Twice the presence of Hashem filled the Mishkan. It says, corresponding to the Kavod of Hashem and the Godless of Hashem. Now what that means exactly, Ramban, is probably being around with something Kabbalistic here. All right, what's the difference between that? the glory of Hashem and the greatness of Hashem? Two different manifestations of Hashem. But the Mishkan somehow captured Again, both the Kovod and the godless of Harsinai. The Mishkan i Ha And therefore the Mishkan would constantly would be that constant continuation of that glory of Hashem that was apparent to the Jews at Harsinai. Moshe, And just like Hashem spoke to Moshe at Harsinai, Hashem will continue to speak to Moshe where? by the Mishkan. So the Mishkan Mamish in every way is supposed to somehow parallel the the Harsinai experience. Okay?
2: Good? Yeah?
1: Why is this, like the a Harsinai experience when to follow them wherever they go? Like is a Harsinai supposed to be something that happens like a
0: big Great, like, great question. I'll answer it with one line from a Medrash that's going to be hard for you to find but he quotes it in like three or four paragraphs after this in, in a Gimel. He quotes a line from the Medrash, where the Medrash says, Amr yisra. Hashem said to the Jewish people, right, Macharti lachem torasi nimkarti ima. Hashem says, I sold you my Torah, but I sold myself with it. You don't take the Torah without Hashem. That's what the point of the Mishkan is. You think you just go to the mountain, and you pick up the book and then you say goodbye? God forbid. Truma. That's the whole point. It's executive. I'm so happy you asked that question. It's a beautiful line in the Medrash. We can find it. It's Kadayat to find it, in Pasad right? He quotes this Medrash in Shemot Macharti lachem torasi, I sold you my Torah, I was sold with
1: it.
0: torasi right? don't abandon my Torah. Well, how am I going to remember that it's your Torah, God? How am, I going to, how am I going to distinguish your book on the shelf from all the other books on the shelf? And the answer is, by taking Hashem with you. That's exactly what the Mishkan, that's why you have to, the Hashuras Hashkhinah Har Sinai has to travel with you. So important. So fundamental. Okay? All right, amazing. All right, friends, let's jump ahead to Parachaf Hafei Pasuk Yod, and we'll learn a beautiful thing about Torah. Yeah?
3: I'm uh, just going back a little bit to uh, Sure. The point. Yeah. Um... Middle what I grew up in. We watched a lot, like when you had subs or whatever. We watched a lot of hashtag, kind of like, videos. Okay. And it kind of reminds me of like those stories where you hear like their ancestors were like in, before the war were in Europe and like their parents kind of like told them schma not, like nothing else. And like right. generation or two later, they kind of hear that again and they don't really know why it clicks for them and know why right. it hits them in a certain way and that, that's what brings them back. Kind of, it seems like yeah. it's kind of similar. one hundred percent. If you try to ge- escape, and you nothing with you. A little thing and spark, whatever. Shem will
0: chase you back, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's an irreligious Jew standing at the Kotel and having like suddenly overwhelmed and crying. Like wh- what? Where? How? Why? Where'd that come from? And right, again, it's the it's the Shema Yisrael of a Jew dying al kiddush Hashem. Or willing to suffer for his Judaism that he hardly that he hardly practices. But it's deep, it's deep. Alright? It's a Vishakhanti that's also part of the Veshachanti Busocha. The experience of our sinai is not like a, a one-time situation. It's something that travels with you. Yeah. Did I tell you this? I didn't tell you this story yet. Oh, I didn't tell you this great story yet. I don't think I told it yet. Yeah. I got a, one of the guys who used to be in our shir. Shovar. Shovar Shoshani. Shovar. So Shovar just made Aliyah officially. Oh, wow. So Shaval sent me a beautiful picture the other day of him, uh, of himself holding his new Israeli passport. Mamish, a big accomplishment. So they sent me a voice note. He said, "Rebbe, I have to tell you a story. I know you're going to love it. And I wrote back, I love it. <laughs> he, sta- he said he's standing, he's waiting to get his passport picture. Mamish, this, this Nakuda that we're talking about. He's waiting to get his passport picture. And there's another Israeli there who's, I guess, getting a picture, you know. I don't know where you get your pictures. I don't know, DMV type of thing. For his license or whatever, maybe updating his passport picture. And he turns to Shoval and he says, Slicha, adoni. And he points to his yarmulke. And he asks said can I borrow your yarmulke for my picture? Whoa. I was standing there, no, no yarmulke. And he said to Shoval, can I? And Shoval said, yeah, of course. It would be, be a great honor. So Shoval sent, he sent, he sent me this voice. So he's like, isn't that amazing? Like, here this guy, right? This guy doesn't wear a yarmulke. But he says, like, if this is my official picture, like, I want, I gotta look like a, I gotta look more like a Jew. It's like such a, to me, that's like such a, that's such a, you know, that's such a pintle yid part. That a Jew, like, okay, so he wears the yarmulke in his head most of the time. But like, uh, hold on, if this is, if this is gonna be like an important, like, official document, it's like, job, you know. it's so hard to In
3: America, it's like you want to take it off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. No, but that's, but that's. Again, that's the that's the nakuda within a Jew. And by the way, this is everything. Again, it's not by chance that we're doing this parsha on. On again, it's not you know. Mishnichas other marb B'simcha, He said segula simcha. It's more than that. It's the whole the whole thing that Haman was targeting was, was this right? The, the gin, well, It's called the ginze haMelech. That's, that's how it's referred to in the Svarim right? The ginze haMelech means the treasure, the the secret treasure, the segula. The hidden, the hidden most, you know, the crown jewels, the hidden most protected um, part of a Jew. one wanted to, to target that Nakuda Pnimi inside of a Jew. The highest point, the deepest point.
3: Yeah. I'm sorry I was here for this, but there was a story that was told on the Shabbaton that kind of hits this point, I think, well, um, where there was a, a, there was a Chabad Rebbe or a, a Rebbe stam. That was in the airport in the middle of Germany, and like usually they go off. Like he, this guy was saying, he usually goes off to like a quiet gate and puts on his film, whatever. And this time, it kind of, I forget what pushed him to do, but he decides to to put it on the middle of the gate, he puts on his film in the middle of the gate, and this, this Israeli family sees him there after they just ate at like the not kosher, whatever. And his son, the son of the like of the, knock- of the family, goes like, Dad, like he's putting on film, like we have film, why don't we put on our film? And that's, like, I don't know, It's just not kind of what we do. Like, we have it with us, but, like, we don't, we're not, like, so connected to it. We don't necessarily put it on. And he was just like, why not? Like, he's doing it. Like, well, let's just do it. And, like, he was like, you know what, fine, whatever. And then they put on the film because they saw this other guy was doing it and they happened to have it somewhere. Right.
1: Yeah, Pintel
0: Yed. Pintel is alive and well. That's yeah. so I hope. Yeah?
2: I heard a crazy short story by Shliak, where I live in Northern California, that he's a military chaplain rabbi and he was meeting by the base and he got to talking with the general who was an African-American guy and seemingly has no connection to nudism just he's the military and no talks to the general um, he's a- talking and he finds out the general has some Jewish roots there's no um, overt signs that he's Jewish but he has a five generations back he had a great-grandparent that was Jewish Okay. and it was his maternal grandmother all the way back um, so Shleik asked him he's African-American guy he's one of his feelings like Jewish, like I don't identify with what you're telling me, but uh finally kind of like convinced him to put on the twillin, and he puts it on, and he starts like breaking down crying, and he's like really confused, he's like, what's this voodoo, like magic that you're doing? <laughs> but like, uh, it kind of really illustrates oh. me, he didn't wow. even know that he was Jewish until two seconds ago, right. it's like, right. oh, like, oh, we had a story remembered, small smelled a lot, right. he had No, he has no stories, he right. had nothing, nothing. He just, and movement.
0: just reawakens. Nesam is a real thing. is a real thing. By the way, you know what the Medrash says? You know when you know when Haman wanted to kill Mordechai. The Medrash says what time it was. You know what time it was? A strange Medrash. Misham. The Medrash says he he wanted to kill him, b'shas Kriyashma. I don't know. What does that mean? He wanted to kill him at the time of Kriyashma. So I his mean, Kriyashma is like nine thirty-seven. You know, Haman like is timing to kill Mordechai at the time of Kriyashma. But that's the idea. He was trying to. He's trying to, and what what is Mordechai is the Pintelei You understand? Everyone's bowing down to Haman, and there's one part that's refusing. You hear that? That's that. Well, that's that one percent I was saying before. There's a part that we will refuse to bow down to Haman, will never accept anything other than the fact that it's true. you can you can try to hide from it all you want. I actually, had a new thought before when we were just learning the piece. Right, where does Hashem communicate? Hashem communicates to Moshe Rabbeinu, right, from a place called you know Kodesh Kadashu the Holy of Holies, it's Yom Kippur, that's the day where every Jew shows up, All right, but it's interesting that the voice of Hashem is heard where me'al ha from on top of the cover of the Aaron it's interesting to me because the, the term that we use for a person who denies God is what? a kofer. the word kofer, like the word kaporas, means a cover up so Dikem explained, I heard this first from Moshe Wolfson Shlito, that the idea of, of kfirah is that a Jew has covered up his faith right, he has it inside of him it's a buried treasure. It's a segula. You can call it the Pach Shaman of Hanukkah. You can call it the uh, the Mordechai point within a Jew that refuses to bow to Haman. Whatever you want to call it, it's all the same yesod. It it's, it's, sometimes it gets buried. It gets buried by philosophical questions. It gets buried by desire, by a pretty non-Jewish, you know, girlfriend. It can get buried by a lot of things. It can get buried just by I don't know, getting lost in the world. It can be buried by Ignorance of not knowing you're even Jewish, right? Like that story that John just said. At the end of the day, it's 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 right, we, we call the person who denies Hashem a kofer. Which is a really a compliment. We're saying, you really do believe it's just kofer, it's covered up. But what's so interesting to me, I just realized where does Hashem communicate? Where does Hashem speak from? Me'al Haqapuras. In other words, what? If you try to like bury a Hu all the way under, what does Hashem do? Hashem rises above your kfirah, me'ala kapayras. Hashem goes above that point of denial and still talks to you. He still communicates with you. From a place called Kodesh Kodashim. A place that transcends logic. Kodesh Kodashim made no sense. The Gemara says in three places the Kodesh Kodesh Kodashim, the measurements don't add up. It's lamalam in Azman, it's lamalam in Hamakom, it doesn't make any sense. So this Jew doesn't practice anything. Why, what, right? Or this African American general who finds out he's Jewish and puts on tefillin and breaks down crying. Well, what is that? There's something called the neshama. It's a real thing. Okay, all right, friends, let's do one more rambam. We have time for one more rambam. This has been a lot of good stuff. Okay, let's do. I mean, I'd love to do two more, but let's at least do one more. Vaasu vaasu aron. Okay, pasuk yud yud. You should make an aron. Vaasu aron atse shittim. You should make the aron out of pine wood. Amasayim vaketsi arko, the ama vachiti rahbo, the am ofhetsi comaso. Two and a half cubits long, one and a half amos wide, and one and a half amos high. Okay, passe cured. Parakaf he passe cured, you got it? Papage? She's
2: talking
0: Okay? Interesting to note, just very quickly, of all of the kalim of the mishka, which one has the most broken measures? The arun. It's two and a half, almost long. It's one and a half, almost wide. It's one and a half, almost high. All of its measurements are broken. Why are all the measurements of the arun broken? Because when it comes to the Torah, a person can never say that he's shalin. There's always more to learn. A person's never full. It's like a half shekel. There's always more to work on. Okay, but there's a very beautiful ramban, a very... A very uh, uplifting Ramban, and again, it's very, it's very Kimu v'Kiblu. It's Kabbalah Satora. It's Purim. It's the reacceptance of Torah and Purim. Va'asu Aaron, you should make an Aaron. Ya'chzer el Bnei Yisrael haniskar Lamala. It says Va'asu, they should make. They should make an Aaron. Who should make an Aaron? They should make. Who's it referring to? It's referring to Bnei Yisrael. But afterwards it says, "Vitzipisa oso, lo, yachid." It starts off, asu, they should make an arrow and then it says in the singular, "And you should cover it with pure gold, and you should attach to it four gold rings on, you know, on the, on the corners." It's you in the singular. So why is that? So one answer is, well, you know, and Moshe is, I guess, the head contractor on the project. And therefore, it's in Lashon Yachid, Ki Moshe kol Yisrael. All right. Medrash says that Moshe corresponds to the entirety of the Jewish people. So when it talks in the singular, you know, it started off in the plural, talking to all of B'nai Yisrael. It then says singular because Moshe represents B'nai Yisrael. Okay, could be. But then the Ramban says something more. Have a look at this next line. V'yitokhen sh'yirmoz. Perhaps what it's really hinting to is again underline it. You call of all of the Kalem, What is the one that we have to say in the plural? You plural. Every single Jew collectively. Every Jew has to be what Every Jew call Call A Jew has a what? Has a neshama, and a neshama needs Torah to survive. And therefore, every Jew has to be mishtatev in his own way, whatever he's able to do, to be in the Asiyah Sa'aron. Why? Because as we said before, the Aaron is the centerpiece of the Mishkan. Kulam Torah. It's the kadosh Mishkenei Elyon, it's the holiest part. And therefore, every Jew has to say, I am the holiest Jew. In some, in some area, I am the holiest Jew. Aaron, in some area, you're the holiest Jew in the world. He's like, Rebbe, stop, stop. I don't believe it, and I don't want to be a balgaive. If it's true, it is true. Every person is the greatest. That's what Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Tzaduk talk about. Why we got crowns at our Sinai? If everyone wears a crown, whoever who's the king? The answer is everyone's the king. Everyone's the best in something. Everyone's the holiest in something. So everyone has to be Mishat in the Aaron. The aron's the holiest kli. Who am I to be involved in the holiest kli? Because you have to believe I'm the holiest. I'm the holiest guy in some area. And secondly, Mishia's Kukulam motora. And secondly, not just because the aron is the holiest, but because what? Because every Jew has to what? Has to have a shaykes the Torah. No, no, I'm just going to donate to the mishkan. To, you know, generally, I don't mind if my money goes towards the making the cure. You can you can sponsor the cure, but you also have to donate towards the Aaron. Everyone's got to have a shaykes the aron. You need Torah. You need Torah. How does the Jew survive without Torah? That was our on, shear on the fish, no? Like a fish out of water. You can't survive without Torah. So v'asu aron in the plural. Everyone has to give to the aron. k'siv v'asisa. Why by all the vessels does it say, for well, the kelem of the mishkan, it says v'asisa in the singular. Uva aron k'siv v'asu aron. But by the aron it says what? They shall make v'aron. Amr of Yehuda b'rvshalom. It says of Yehuda Shalom. Amr Hashem, so to speak, said, kolvi asku BaAron LaTorah Everyone, Hashem said, because it's plural, because everyone should come and be involved in the Aaron, so that everyone can realize that they have a chilek in Torah. But, however, here's the punchline. Ready for this? I still don't really know what this line means, and I'm curious to think about it together. What does it mean to donate towards the Aron? Look what he writes. esek and the way that a person is osik in this mitzvah, you have three options. Number one, She kol echad klizahav echad Right? Number one, put up the cash. Donate a golden vessel, give something right, to, to help to pay for the arm. One possibility. Oh, ya'azur l'betzalel ezer ma'at. Right. The other option is you could help out the head construction guy, right? The of bitalo. You could offer to what? To assist Basal in some way. Now the truth is, as the Mafarshan point out, that's not so it, because uh, bitalo did everything by himself. So what does that mean? So it could be. I have a penay Yerushalayim commentary in my edition of the Ramban. So he writes, it could be that what the Ramban means here lefi, his own shita, that Btzal did all the actual work himself, he writes here, You can help by bringing his tools. Or maybe bring him a cup of coffee.
1: Right.
0: So again, the first way that you help is by actually donating to the Mishkan. Right? That's how the parsha begins, collecting all sorts, of, all sorts of donations for the Mishkan whether you want to donate uh, red ram skins or whether you want to donate uh, gold, silver, or copper. All right, everyone's eligible. You can start for the Aron. You need some gold. So give you can give a golden clean to donate to the Aron. Possibility number two is you could somehow assist B'Tzalo. You can hold his hammer on the side when he's not using it. Okay? Ready for number three? This is the one I was most excited about. Oh, she'achavnu ledavar. Give money. You can... Help out, right? So far it sounds like a traditional shul campaign, right? If we want to have, we want 100% participation, you can either give a check to the shul if you're not able to, if money's tight, there's other ways you can get involved, you can help out, you know? Okay, so that's number two. But number three is the one that's the most mysterious. What can you do? Trevor, what can you do?
2: Direct your thoughts.
0: You can direct your thoughts. She'achavnu <laughs> You can put your head into it. You can have good thoughts and feelings about the project. It happens to be in our shul where actually this is our last our last Shabbos davening in our current space, and then we did a big construction and they're moving into the new space. Oh, wow. right? So yeah, so when a person when a person moves into a new you know a new space, so the thoughts the first thoughts that you have in the room you could you can start off by thinking like well, yeah I would have I would have done the carpeting differently or oh yeah I would have the woods a little darker than I would have liked. Or you could say, yeah, the seats aren't comfortable enough, the room's too, too small, it's too hot, it's too cold. Those thoughts lay a foundation for, for that makom. There's a hashba on the makom, the way you think. So Hashem says, you know how you can enhance the mishkan? You know how you can enhance the learning, the arom? By just having good thoughts. However, what do you think when you see, when you, see you know, I don't know, when you see a guy walking around, We see a YP guy walking around with his gumaah? you have a good thought or you're like, oh, he's wiping? <laughs> not, not my chavra. Not my chavra. No? What do you think? When you, see, when you see a Ben Torah in the world, what do you think? What do you think? Do you have a good thought towards him? Right, That matters. That's, how, that's also how, when a Jew thinks positively about people learning Torah, so that's, that's building the Aron. That helps to build the Aron. Such an interesting idea. That's such a fascinating thing for the Ramban Torah. So interesting. Okay.
3: Yeah. I'm not into the things that he's saying, like, that, like you don't like how it looks, or like, if you don't, If you have like comments,
0: like just hold back, and, right? Like, yeah, hold back your comments, but also, again, when a person has a good attitude towards something, it makes a difference. Right.
3: If everybody gets excited about it, then it ends up turning out better.
0: Right. And it's not just oh, you know, whoever's again organizing the event will put more practical money into the event or, or help set up the event. It's the attitude with that you show up to the event. So the event here is asu asu arun. Make a make make the Aron. Right? Invest in Torah. What does it mean to invest in Torah? You
3: can't pay to have good values.
0: Right, you can't right, that's right. And in some ways it's the most it's the most That's yeah. right.
3: Create
1: the
0: energy. That's right. Yeah. I know I'm you
1: kind of right now, but let's say you look at let's say Korea and Israel you know, staying, in the disdain while they only Torah
0: that's what I was saying. That's exactly the example I was saying without saying it.
1: Inference into the economy, and yeah, you look at a bit staying there. Great, they're 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 learning all day, but they're they're not they're making the country in a very difficult position.
0: Okay. So that's a, that's. Yeah. 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 We can talk about that. I have feelings about that
1: it's like, it's like was very
0: clear. But, not, but let's assume, let's assume it's not someone that yeah I, no, no, very clear
1: you're supposed to work. You're supposed
0: to get a job and you're certainly not supposed to make assumptions that I should I can learn and someone else will take care of me. Yeah. and that seems to be an unfair assumption right but let's take let's take the example of the guy who's I don't know who's, whose wife is working three jobs so he can sit and learn and she's happy let's assume she's happy assume she's not bullied into it but that's not your hashkafa right you don't I'm not going to live like that. Okay, so do I look at that person and do I say, wow, look what, he's, look what this family sacrifices for Torah? Or do I feel like, you know, I don't know, how do I look at it? What type of energy do I bring? Again, a person, a person could say that's not for me, and a person could still appreciate it, and a person could still see that this, this person's dedication to Torah is something. But, uh, but I understand, I understand the, the struggle in that. Yeah, it's a delicate, it's a delicate point. Okay, let's do one last one. Last one. Let's. Well, we gotta end on one, one more good one, just to give us a bracha, Just a short piece. Chav David, Chav Hei Chav Okay, we did the introduction. We did the v'asu in the plural, and we'll end with Chav Hei Chav Zer Zahav, Saviv. However, we have a shulchan. We have a table in the in the Mishkan and in the Beit we have a table, that's made out of pine wood. Okay? A beautiful table. And the table has this Zer Zahav Saviv. It's the Pisa Zahav Tahor. The pine wood is overlay with uh, pure gold. And it has this Zer Zahav Saviv. It has a gold rim around it. Okay? Now, what's the, what exactly is this gold rim, so to speak, that, uh, that surrounds... The I'm just trying to find a good picture of the shulchan, so i want to see what... So, anyway. back, right? Yeah, where is it? In the back, no, the back, the back picture? The, in the back of the picture? Yeah. the back of the push, or...
1: not
0: sure. I'm not push. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Okay, there we go. The golden rim. Yeah, the golden rim. Okay, on the table, on the table, here's the table, I don't want to see from there, we're going to have the stacks of the breads. Right? But on the, the frame of the table... Right around the top of the table, there's like a little, there's like a little golden fence. Almost looks like a crown. Yeah,
2: it's like the, like this here, golden ring, ring. In the
0: new golden is ring, color. The golden rib. Yeah, pass it around. The golden rib. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, the
0: on top. This little crown. So, what's the shot on this crown? No, what's the shot of the crown? So, Rashi says a nice thing. What does Rashi say? Rashi says, there's a hub, simen l'keser malchus. The crown is a sign of keser malchus. Shal shulchan shem osher ugedula. Because the shulchan is meant to be as a sign of of wealth, a mark of distinction. K'mosh haomim shulchan malachim. The king's table." Kasser yeah. Remember, yeah, we're
2: looking at a haram?
0: Yeah. Well, Vashti, Vashti was told to come to the party with Chester. With just what? Because her Machus, right? Just because her Machus.
1: And she refused. Know, true. Ah, it's still her the body. Because her Machus. Yeah, it's still her the body.
2: Right?
0: It's still her body. so cool. Does that mean that Vashi should be beheaded? Just
3: bring her head
0: be no. I mean, no, the king tells us every day also the at the of It's filling. That's right. That's why the Gemara says that if you if you say if you say Shema without wearing tefillin, so then it's like you're made. It's like the sheker. That's right. That's right. You need your keser malchus. You need to be wearing your tefillin. Rafi say says, in order to what? In order to say shema. What's the gematio of bikeser malchus? It's very easy. Keser 620. Bikeser malchus. Vashi was told, where just come to the party. Bikeser malchus. So bikeser is 622. Malchus is 496. 622 and 496? Is 1118.
2: 1118.
0: 1118 is gematio. Shema Yisrael. Hashem Elokeinu. Hashem Echadu. The Vashi was told, come to the party, it's also the way Hashem tells us to show up every day. The Keser Malchus is going to show up Alright. It's a good one, no? It's a good one.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, just thinking. Okay, so there's the Saviv. So there should be a crown. The Shulchan has a crown. Okay, so he quotes Rashi. Simen malchus ma'ochus. Sha'ashilchan sham osher ugedulahu. The Shulchan is sham, or some say shame. The Shulchan is, 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 is a mark of distinction and prominence. shulchan right? molachim. Like the phrase, like the term, a royal table. Like we find in the Gemara. Royal table. Okay, so our table has to be royal. Royalty wears a crown, so the table wears a crown. V'chain ha davar, shizes sod ha Says the Ramban, this is the secret of the shulchan. What does that mean? ki Kibirkas Hashem, me esayosa olam, lotibare yeshmi ayin, aval olam kimenhago nohik. Chevra. Does Hashem bestow bracha upon nothing? The answer is no. Hashem likes to bestow bracha upon something. From the time of creation, says the Ramban, Hashem does not, the birchas Hashem does not, is not created ayin. There was a period where there was nothing, and Hashem made something from nothing. But now we live in a world of something. And therefore we try to use our something in order to receive bracha. We have to have kalim to receive, vessels to receive. Olam k'min ha'go naik. In other words, if I come over to you, and you have, I don't know, you have a, a big bottle of some beverage. Yeah? And I say, Can I please have some? And you say, sure, I'm happy to pour you some. So I say, Great. So I said, well so the guy said, Well, what do I going to pour it into? I don't know, I'll just pour it. Pour it into what? You need to give me a vessel, give me a clay. I'm happy to I'm happy to share my goodness with you, but you have to you need to make something to receive. So from the time of creation, the Shem said, I need a vessel, I need a clay in order to, to give you. But Baruch looks back and he says, okay, now I have a world, and now I can start to, to give more. But once there's a Shoresh, once there's a root of something, once there's a, a root matter, so then Hashem can continue to add to it. Like we find by the story of Elisha. Right? When Elisha asks the woman, tell me, what do you have in the house? If you have, you have a vessel, if you have a vessel, I can make magic tricks with it. But if you don't have any way to receive, so I can't I can't I can't bestow blessing. <laughs> right, once there was a vessel, so then there was blessing in the oil, and he was able to fill up all the vessels. Similarly we find by Eliyao, by Eliyah, by Elisha, Kada Again, once you have a, a jar, so the jar can contain more than it could naturally contain. But you need a clean, you need a vessel. We actually touched on this idea once in the Ramban. When we spoke about the Ramban, um, and I connected it, I showed you that the Chai Aldum brings it as to why we do simanim on Rosh Hashanah. All right? He wrote so that I should have a geshmakir like this like this carrot. What? Yihirotson that the fenugreek and the leeks and the the beats and I should have a lot of mitzvahs like a pomegranate. Why do I need a pomegranate to say that? Why can't I just say that? The answer is because bracha likes to be grounded in something. Hashem says, "I want to." You should make some type of pole dimyon. There should be something that's that's somehow representing it. It makes it easier kiviyachol for Karaj Baruch Hu to to then give the bracha. So the shulchan v'chein shulchan, balacham upon him. Right? Why do I need this whole funny thing? Hashem doesn't eat the bread. Right? It's almost like what's the point? So I make this shulchan and I even give it a little crown, almost like making it more ready to receive. Right? I need a place for the bracha to reside. Bo tachul bracha That's where the bracha will take effect. menu yavo Yisrael. And from there, all blessing will come to the Jewish people. In other words, once there's a vessel, right? so then the bracha can be found. And that's what the Gemara says. He concludes with Lakach Amr. The Gemara says, kol koin sh'megiu kapul. Every coin, even if he got a little piece of lechem upon him the size of a pool, the size of a bean, right? keful, like the size of a little, like a lentil, ochel oh, v'soveya, would eat it and he would be he would be satisfied. Because once you have a kli, then the bracha comes more easily. So, Chavra, why am I telling you this? Because it's important for us to realize. We sometimes ask Hashem for something, but we don't create a proper uh, vessel to receive. Right? So it's, we can't, it's, it's inappropriate to say, Hashem, ayin, you, you make everything happen. Hashem says, no, no, no make, make a kli, Come up with a framework, give me a system, and then I'm able to I'm able to fill it up more than you know you would ever imagine that it could contain. Okay, but it's an important rule in general that Hashem likes to bring bracha on something that already exists, not to uh, not to work Yeshmi Yeah. this that, this world is the of Shek, that reality is not a real thing, that and I
1: I don't say an illusion, it's a kind of like an obvious idea, but more, it's not inherently real, that
0: right? this world is, is not the real thing. Then why is it that we need a, a clearly acceptance of the world? So I think that was what Rabi was saying the other night. Right, we live in two worlds simultaneously. We live in, a, in a, a higher, we have a higher vision, which says that this world doesn't even exist. We have a lower vision, where the only way to receive is to have a vessel that can receive Right? So I have to embrace physicality fully and accept it as reality. And I also have to know that it's absolutely, it's absolutely an olam ha it's an olam ha it's an olam that's not even an olam. Olam is milashon he'olam. It's concealing the truth, which is that there is nothing other than Hashem. Yeah, I think so.